Hello and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's Shakespeare. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode presents a passage from Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing is a comedy thought of almost exclusively for the witty interplay between Beatrice and Benedict, whose shared skepticism toward romantic love allows neither to express their true feelings or even admit their true feelings to themselves. There is a second couple, however, Hero and Claudio, Hero here is a feminine name, whose story is much darker, though they are far more conventional romantic types, Hero a modest maiden obedient in all things, and Claudio an earnest wooer. When their story goes south, Beatrice and Benedict are brought to a more serious place, allowing Shakespeare, more here than in any other of his comedies, to examine what love and marriage seriously entail. The passage that I've chosen is thus neither witty nor comic, but first sorrowful and then fierce, as Beatrice demands of Benedict what she knows she shouldn't but feels she has no choice, that Benedict kill his best friend, Claudio. Though the build-up is somewhat complicated, the crisis is pretty simple. While Beatrice and Benedict wittily squabble as a form of courtship, Beatrice's cousin Hero and Benedict's best friend Claudio carry on a conventional courtship which will culminate in marriage. A villain, though, for reasons of his own, plots to destroy the relationship by convincing Claudio, on the eve of the wedding, that Hero has a lover. Hurt and angered, Claudio declares he will expose Hero for the wanton woman she is before the whole world when they meet in the morning to wed. When the time arrives, Claudio enters with two princes, one deceived like Claudio, the other the villain. Hero enters with her father and Beatrice. Benedict, as the groom's best friend, is also present, as is the friar who will perform the marriage and other onlookers of the court. Claudio, in front of all and backed by the two princes, denounces Hero as a whore. Hero, unable to defend herself, swoons, and Claudio and the two princes depart, scornfully leaving Hero for dead. Hero, though, revives, only to find that her father, a weak man, believes Claudio's claim and wishes her really dead. The friar, counseling the father to not be so hasty in judgment, proposes for the time being that Hero withdraw and for those present to pretend that she has died. The father and the friar depart with Hero to hide her away, leaving Beatrice and Benedict alone on the stage. During the discussion between Hero's father and the friar, the two have hardly spoken. Now Benedict turns to Beatrice and sees that she is crying. Let's join them. From Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare Act 4, Scene 1 Exit all but Beatrice and Benedict.
Benedict. Lady Beatrice, have you wept all this while? Beatrice. Yea, and I will weep a while longer. Benedict. I will not desire that. Beatrice. You have no reason. I do it freely. Benedict. Surely I do believe your fair cousin is wronged. Beatrice. Ah, uh, how much might the man deserve of me that would write her? Benedict. Is there any way to show such friendship? Beatrice. A very even way, but no such friend. Benedict. May a man do it? Beatrice. It is a man's office, but not yours. Benedict. I do love nothing in the world so well as you. Is not that strange? Beatrice. As strange as the thing I know not. It were as possible for me to say I love nothing so well as you, but believe me not, and yet I lie not. I confess nothing, nor I deny nothing. I am sorry for my cousin. Benedict. By my sword, Beatrice, thou lovest me. Beatrice. Do not swear and eat it. Benedict. I will swear by it that you love me, and I will make him eat it that says I love you not. Beatrice. Will you not eat your word? Benedict. With no sauce that can be devised to it, I protest I love thee. Beatrice. Why then, God forgive me. Benedict. What offense, sweet Beatrice. Beatrice. You have stayed me in a happy hour. I was about to protest I loved you. Benedict. And do it with all thy heart. Beatrice. I love you with so much of my heart that none is left to protest. Benedict. Come, bid me do anything for thee. Beatrice. Kill Claudio. Benedict. Ha! Not for the wide world. Beatrice. You kill me to deny it. Farewell. She begins to exit. Benedict. Tarry, sweet Beatrice. Beatrice. I am gone, though I am here. There is no love in you. Nay, I pray you, let me go. Benedict. Beatrice. Beatrice. In faith, I will go. Benedict. We'll be friends first. Beatrice. You dare easier be friends with me than fight with mine enemy. Benedict. Is Claudio thine enemy? Beatrice, is he not approved in the height of villain that hath slandered, scorned, dishonored my kinswoman? Oh, that I were a man! What, bear her in hand until they come to take hands, and then with public accusation, uncovered slander, unmitigated rancor? Oh, God, that I were a man! I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Benedict. Hear me, Beatrice, Beatrice. Talk with a man out at a window. Nonsense, Benedict. Nay, but Beatrice, Beatrice. Sweet hero, she is wronged, she is slandered, she is undone, Benedict.
be it Beatrice. Princes and counties, surely a princely testimony, a goodly count, count Comfect, a sweet gallant, surely. Oh, that I were a man for her sake, or that I had any friend would be a man for my sake. But manhood is melted into curtsies, valor into compliment, and men are only turned into tongue and trim ones, too. He is now as valiant as Hercules that only tells a lie and swears it. I cannot be a man with wishing, therefore I will die a woman with grieving. Benedict. Terry, good Beatrice, by this hand I love thee. Beatrice. Use it for my love some other way than by swearing by it. Benedict. Think you in your soul the Count Claudio hath wronged hero. Beatrice. Yea, as sure as I have a thought or a soul. Benedict. Enough. I am engaged. I will challenge him. I will kiss your hand, and so I leave you. By this hand, Claudio shall render me a dear account. As you hear of me, so think of me. Go comfort your cousin. I must say she is dead, and so farewell. They exit. Enough, Benedict declares. I am engaged. I will challenge him. It's important to recognize that Beatrice is not asking Benedict to murder Claudio, but to challenge him to a duel. The scene would be less shocking if that's what she'd said, challenge Claudio. But she is straightforward in what she's really asking of Benedict, as the death of one or the other participant is the outcome of a duel, and what Beatrice wants is the death of Claudio. Still, it isn't murder she's asking for. If Hero had a brother, the brother would be quite right to challenge Claudio. But Hero has no brother, nor can her hapless father do the office. Not only could he not succeed against a young military officer, but it would be wrong for Claudio to even accept a challenge from one who has no chance. Beatrice, not only Hero's best friend, but her cousin, could do it if she were a man, but she's not. Her challenge could be accepted less even than one by Hero's father. And so either Claudio must go unchallenged, or someone else must be found to do it. Beatrice knows it's wrong to ask Benedict to kill his best friend. It's a man's office, she says, when Benedict doesn't yet know what she wants, but not yours. God forgive me, she says, as she nevertheless prepares to ask him. There are two striking realities in this scene, one having to do with love and marriage, the other having to do with gender roles. There is much talk today of gender roles, and of art that examines and challenges gender roles. But such art, such examinations and such challenges, isn't new, though both those who celebrate such art and those who reject it would have you think it's new. Beatrice exclaims, If I were a man, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Four hundred years after these words were written, 
it is still impossible to hear them without a thrill. But Beatrice isn't a man, nor can she become one by wishing, and therefore, she laments, she will die a woman with grieving. And what then of Benedict and the demand Beatrice makes of him? Ha! he exclaims, not for the wide world. He will change his mind by the end of the scene, but it's important to pay close attention to why he changes his mind. It isn't difficult to imagine Benedict changing his mind for a reason that disgraces him while making Beatrice look worse than Claudio, that is, Benedict simply giving in to the erotic power Beatrice has over him. But this isn't the case. Is Claudio thine enemy? Benedict asks Beatrice once he's recovered from the first shock of her demand. He begins to weigh his obligations, to ask what in fact is the right thing to do. Beatrice is adamant in her answer in the affirmative. Not only is Claudio her enemy, but rightly so. But the obligation of Benedict to Beatrice goes deeper yet. Think you in your soul that Count Claudio hath wronged Hero? Benedict further asks, and Beatrice answers, Yea, as sure as I have a thought or a soul. And this is what all men who would take a woman for wife must recognize, that she is a person with thoughts of her own that he must respect, that she is a person with a soul that he must respect, and that if he's to be with her these things, if she is just in her desire, have a claim on him greater than the claims of others, including one's friends or even his own self-interest. And only after accepting this, only after embracing this, does Benedict become in the play's final scene what he scorned in its opening scene, Benedict the married man. But what, you may ask, of Hero and Claudio? Well, rest assured, much ado about nothing is a comedy, and take the next chance you have to see it on the stage. Perhaps this summer it will be played near you, or, if not much ado, another Shakespeare play. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.